Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Wu. This was a surprising game. This was a very surprising game. The Raptors winning 121-97 to in the aftermath of Pascal Siakam getting traded uh, earlier this afternoon around 2 p.m. Not a lot of expectations for the Raptors to, to come away with a result here against the Heat team that have Jimmy Butler back in the lineup. He had only played like one game in the last month. Um, Miami was favored in this game as well. And the line obviously was moving more and more towards Miami's direction. And, you know, you just never know. Obviously, the big move before the game was just Pascal's gone and trying to figure out information on that. And it's just such a, a significant thing to have happen. And then the game itself almost felt like not an afterthought because the game is always the most important thing. Um, but the game started and the Raptors started off well. And they started off really well. And they just kind of kept going. And you just... At a certain point, it just kind of hits you in the face like, wow, the Raptors are playing their best quarter of the season in the first quarter. And the Raptors won the first quarter uh, by a score of 41 to 18. And then you thought, well, this, this, this is one of those things that feels too good to be true. And then it happens again. The Raptors had their first half of the season that, I mean, this is the best half that they played all season. The Raptors at halftime were up 78 to 43 78 to 43 at halftime and yeah you figure the heat are going to make a run at some point yeah you figure that you know the raptors might cool off from three and the raptors by the way i mean they cooled off from three in the third quarter but they were hot from three all night 20 of 38 from three for 53 percent shooting that was beautiful stuff but yeah you figure that you know um some of those things might happen but the raptors cushion was so big that even though Miami was able to come out strong in the third quarter, the Raptors couldn't score. The Heat turned up their intensity defensively. Darko had to call the first two timeouts just to, you know, see if he can rally his troops or whatever. And, and the, the Heat got it to, you know, under 20, which is kind of funny to think about because typically speaking, you're not too terrified if a team gets it under 20. Um, you know, but still, like, there was significant momentum behind Miami's side. And, uh, the Raptors were able to stop that run. Uh, R.J. Barrett made a couple of really great plays. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't hit free throws today. That was a bit odd to see him go 7 of 13. A lot of that stretch there, he got, I think he missed four free throws in the fourth quarter, but he also was cutting and getting in positions and taking it hard to the basket just to stop Miami's run briefly. Uh, and then it was uh, the stretch there in the fourth quarter by fourth quarter Scotty and you know, Scotty was a was was playing well, um, but wasn't necessarily dominating or anything like that to start the first three quarters. But you know, I start of the fourth quarter, and I've seen this movie a, a lot with Scotty, so sometimes I just kind of expect this like twist, um, where it's like, yeah, I mean, he's probably going to take it to another level in the fourth quarter, and it's no guarantee. And you would like to see it earlier, but when you do see it, it's it's unmistakable. Fourth quarter, Scotty Barnes took over this game. And not only ended whatever little bit of run that Miami wanted to go on, but he single-handedly made sure the Raptors were going to close out this great effort, that they weren't going to waste a lead that at one point was up to 37 points for the Raptors, where Scotty came out in the fourth quarter and, you know, drove in for a layup, uh, then had a then had a drive where he turned it over. There was no call. He kind of got he was upset about it, complained about it, kind of took him out the next two plays, a couple of defensive lapses. And it's like, okay, come on, man. You know, it's, it's, it's got to be focused. It's, it's your team. It's, you you got to do it right here. And then he does exactly that. Sets up back-to-back threes. One to Gary, one to Dennis. 
then he starts to go one-on-one in the post against Bam Adebayo. And yeah, there were a bit awkward buckets because Bam's such a good defender. But Scotty has great touch and he's, he's, he's longer and taller than, um, you know, what Bam seems to be able to reach for, which is kind of nuts to say. But he finishes an and one. Uh, he finishes another jump hook. And then he late shot clock has to hit, you know, settle for a turnaround fadeaway, swishes that as well. Uh, and then he just casually sets up another two threes, sets up Thad Young for a high-low pass where Scotty's posting up, I think, Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo is trying to cheat and be, you know, um, behind and waiting with the help defense. And his attention was turned. Thad Young was able to sneak in uh, behind him. And Scotty found Thad for like a little alley-oop kind of situation, although it was kind of a tip-in rather than a dunk. Still, um, and then, yeah, the, that final three that Scotty set up uh, forced Spo to call timeout empty that bench because yeah i mean fourth quarter scotty barnes was just an exhilarating performance and um again again i can't stress enough how it at times certainly looks as if it's a little sloppy it doesn't even necessarily look like it's calculated i mean it's not the best thing to do to try to isolate against uh, of all people bam out of bio but at the same time when you have that kind of skill set when you have that kind of talent and ability and size and just feel for the game and, of course, the ability to pass, which is probably Scotty's best uh, attribute. You could do a lot of things. You could, you, could, you could pull a game out on a dime. And I'm not saying the Raptors would have blown it if Scotty didn't do it. I'm sure other guys would have helped to step up as well. And, again, they had a long lead to protect, 37 points. You I mean, you're pretty much going to be okay. But at the same time, seeing him take it to that level just completely, you know, put the game out of reach and overall it's just a really really nice balanced performance from the Raptors who again it's, it's, it's deja vu it happened two weeks ago uh they lost to the Celtics and then boom you see a big trade and then they lose the Celtics uh, earlier this week on Monday here at Scotiabank Arena honestly it felt like the Celtics were toying with them just playing with them the entire time and you know it's funny the three ball has completely rebounded um the, that game they shot 432 from three and they had a lot of open looks. You can go back and watch the film. You can look at the analytics. Uh, you can look at the shot locations. The Raptors took a lot of corner threes, took a lot of open threes, just didn't make any threes of any kind, four of 32. Next game, two days later, they go 20 for 38. They made 20 threes tonight after making four the last game. Like, McDonald's should hand out extra large fries, not just medium, for a game like this. Like, you know? That's that's impressive from the Raptors. And it was really good ball movement all three. And, of course, it was, it, it, when you get to this kind of high total, you do need somebody to really catch fire. And for the Raptors today, that was Gary Trent, who gets into the starting lineup and has his best game of the season. And it's funny because Gary doesn't necessarily matter who he's in the starting lineup with. As long as he makes it into the starting lineup, he ends up being productive. And, of course, you can't guarantee this type of performance because, you know, he'd be the best shooter of all time. But 10 of 13 from the field for Gary Trent, including 8 of 9 from 3 for 28 points. Only two rebounds, no assists, a steal, nothing really else to, to speak of. No free throws, nothing. Just straight buckets. Gary Trent Jr. And, uh, yeah, I mean, eight threes just speaks for itself. And, you know, the Raptors ball movement was, was really good all night. Um, you know, they were able to carve the heat apart. The heat at one point went to zone, which you would expect from them. You know, me and Blake were even joking about it on Tuesday's show. It's like, well, you know, the Raptors shot so poorly from three on Monday. You think the Heat will just zone and just, like, see them throw up a lot of missed open threes? I mean, the Heat were like, all right, we zone anyway, so let's let's try to throw some zone up. 
Man, the Raptors, every single time they went to zone, the Raptors hit a three. Like, every single time they went to zone, the Raptors got an open three. And the ball movement was really strong. The Raptors continued to have good floor spacing. They started Jonte Porter and Gary Trent tonight with, obviously, a big change in the lineup with Pascal going. And uh, Jakob continued to miss time. And, yeah, it, it really gave them, the, for the first time, maybe all season, a five-out lineup. You know, like, the Raptors had... Scotty made a three. Jonte made two threes. Gary was hot with eight. RJ made a three. And quickly, obviously, he's a good three-point shooter. Three of six from three. When was the last time the Raptors, the entire starting five, everybody got a one-three one, made? I mean, I'm sure it happened last season at some point because they, they, they started small with Scotty at center. But, you know, for the first time, at least this season, we've seen like a five-out type of look. And, yeah, I mean, of course, it needed Gary to hit like that, but... Still, you saw the heat in rotation all the time. There were just Raptors pump faking going. And you know what? When you are able to put five shooters on the floor, it does allow you to play a lot better and a lot closer to .5 basketball. You know, like all season, when you look at the Raptors offense, it's not exactly .5 offense. At one point, the Raptors started the season like a .5 points per possession offense. It was, it was that bad. But then you saw a game like here tonight, and there was a play, and this is probably the best passing sequence for the Raptors all season. Six minutes left in the second quarter. Dennis Schroeder brings the ball up, and he starts the, the, the play. And the play is a, a pick and roll with Jonte, uh, where Jonte pops out to the perimeter. Uh, the Heat try to cut off Dennis's penetration, so both defenders go with Dennis. Dennis draws them both in, swings it back out to Jonte, who is pump faking for three, and that draws a rotation from the next closest player on the Heat, which in this case is Caleb Martin. He's going to catch the ball, and Scotty realizes that he's getting hopped off of. So instead of you know staying at the three-point line, he actually cuts into the middle of the floor where Jonta hits him with the, 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 the pass. Scotty's going to catch the pass mid-air, uh, and before he even lands, he taps it into the corner out to Gary Trent, who's wide open for the corner three. Now, Tyler Hero sprints out at him, tries to make sure that there's a contest. Gary could have taken that three anyway. He was red hot, but instead he swings it to Dennis Schroeder, who gets an even more wide-open look. He draws a rotation from, I think, Thomas Bryant. He makes the swing back out to Jonte Porter, who is now relocated back behind the three. Jonte catches it, draws a rotation, pump fake, puts it on the deck, which for a center, honestly, how many centers are pump faking, drawing a hard closeout, and then being able to attack the closeout Without traveling, without charging, without, you know, moving your pivot foot, nothing like that. No travel, not, you know. He, he puts on the deck, gets in the middle of the paint, draws two defenders, kicks it back out to Dennis, who's wide open from three. Tyler Hero tries to cut him off, and Dennis throws a fastball into the corner for Gary Trent. At this point, Tyler Hero is exhausted, doesn't even, even remotely try to recover. The Heat are completely out of sorts, and Gary gets a wide open corner three, and he swishes it. I'm telling you, that there was like five or six... Uh, unselfish passes, the instant reaction, the guys having to close out the three-point shooters, guys making that decision to cut like Scotty did, making that decision to drive like Jonte did, like Dennis did, and then swinging, swinging, relocating, swinging. That is .5 basketball. Like, the Raptors should play that play on a loop in their practice. Like, everyone should watch that once per day. Like, it, it's, it's good for your mental health. It's on my timeline as well if you want to find it. Raptors finally playing 0.5 basketball on my Twitter account. But... <clears throat> That aside, like, that's just one play. Like, the Raptors did that a lot in this game. A lot. And they got out to an amazing start, 13-2 to for the Raptors. It was interesting watching Spoh's approach 
um, didn't call timeout. He just kind of let them kind of go through it. And the Raptors got off to a great start quickly, um, just getting open off ball. One where he was flaring off of Scotty Barnes and, and, and catching and shooting from the wing. Another one was RJ with offensive rebound kick out into the corner for quickly for a three. Uh, Scotty bully balling and Tyler Hero. Uh, Gary with an open three and he knocks it down. Jonte, I thought he was doing a great job defensively in the matchup against Bam. Jonte has been a, a revelation. I know it feels like anything he does is good because he's, he's like found money because the Raptors signed him out of the Detroit G League system. And only after the Raptors had some injuries with themselves with their with Ron Harper Jr., who was on a two way contract, is suffering a season ending injury. So he gets injured. The Raptors got to sign someone else. They go for Jonte from Detroit's G League team. Like, again, I can't stress that enough. Imagine you are playing the G League team for a team that only has four wins at the halfway point this season, right? So you are playing in that system. You pull him from that group, and you see that he's not only able to produce for you, he's able to be a decent bench pick for you. And now that, you know, uh, Jakob Pertl's injured, you have him in the starting lineup, and he's guarding Bam Adebayo. And I'm not saying he was stopping Bam every time, but Raptors did a great job defensively against Bam Adebayo. He got 16 points on 7 of 13 shooting. You tell me that coming into the game, I'm taking it all the way. And Jonte had a lot of great stops, also some great help defense at the rim as well. And then Thad Young even had some good moments bagging up Adebayo. So I just think that, yeah, I mean, the Raptors, what looked to be a huge mismatch, you tell me, bam, as an all-star against, you know, Thad Young and, you know, Jonte. I think Raptors might have actually, like, matched that production, at least just you know, between the two of them, which is, is jokes to say, but seriously, they were really good as a combination, the two of them. Um, and yeah, just, just got off to a good start, just kept maintaining it. Um, you know, guys really just playing their role while RJ, you know, drawing fouls and being super aggressive with the drive. You know, one of the things I, I, I was looking up the, the stats on RJ and um, you saw that uh, I, I, was, I was doing a, a hit for, you know, Sportsnet Central uh, for last night. And um, unfortunately, the Pascal trade rumors uh, actually bumped it off the air. Uh, but it, it was posted on Sportsnet's website anyway. Whatever. The, the point is, I was preparing for an R.J. Barrett piece because that was what they wanted to focus on, was just R.J. coming here and, and hitting the ground running and having a good start. Well, part of my research for that, I was looking at R.J.'s efficiency, and he's shooting 56% from the field coming into this game. Today, he shoots 9 of 14, so that goes even higher for him tonight. Um, and I was looking at it and was like, what is the reason behind his efficiency? You can always look at it, look at the three-point shooting is good right now, but it's really such a small sample that it's like if he missed two more threes, he'd be around league average. So it's not those two extra threes that he made. No, it's got to be the shot diet. And when you looked at it, at the time when I researched this, which was just not including this game, R.J. Barrett had taken 109 field goal attempts for the Raptors, right? 73 of those field goal attempts were within 10 feet of the basket. 64 were within the restricted area of those, okay? So you're talking about more than half, like, of his shots are in the restricted area, mostly in short, uh, like, distance to the rim as well. He's taken two mid-range shots since coming to the Raptors. Two in, in, in now nine games, because I don't think he took one here tonight either. He's just getting to the cup. And, look, it's not to say every drive is, is good or every drive is ending up in an open shot. But if you are always getting to the rim, A, that shows a skill set. Um, and I think for him, it's being able to play in a more movement kind of system for the Raptors, 
where there's a lot more ball movement than there was in New York. There's a lot more team-oriented stuff. And so he's playing and catch, off the catch. The ball's coming to him, and he's making a decision instantly to cut or instantly to get downhill. And, yeah, he's been super efficient, and, and he's been, you know, excellent. The only thing today, he's missed some free throws. Didn't even matter. I like the process of how he played. Um, and this game was so positive that, like, even Grady Dick, who has not had a good season, who has struggled in the G League where he shot 25% from three, who has struggled with the Raptors uh, prior to this game. He was shooting under 30% from three. In in summerly, he was also under 30% from three. Just just struggling in general, right? There's even questions in terms of, like, what what are the Raptors doing with the the, the strength development program? Like, is that a bit odd or whatever? He comes into the game today. And normally, that's a sign that, okay, this game is not really going well or that Raptors just take a bit of a gamble here. And Grady came in and instantly banged two threes. It was great. One where he upfaked, drew the, the hard closeout, and then sidestepped and, and cashed the three. Another one where he caught and shoot it for three. Like, that was good. And he even made some extra passes out to, to, to set up for uh, threes. Uh, he also got two steals just off of bad passes, good reads on those situations, including a really good health rotation along the baseline in the second half but um, or second quarter. But... Yeah, I mean, even Grady was coming in and giving you great effort and great impact. And, you know, everyone else was just kind of solid off the bench. You know, Thad, I thought, just did a good job, um, you know, defensively until the third quarter where the Heat really started going at Thad Young relentlessly. Um, and, and I don't know if he could have really coped with that. I mean, a lot of it was, you know, Tyler Hero coming off of curls as well. It's not even his guy. But even as a help defender, I don't know, like Jovich took him to the basket at one point. Um, you know, Butler did as well. But, you know, Raptors just got just enough from their guys. They got just enough from their guys. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, this is a, a really strong effort against the Heat team that, look, were the Raptors a little lucky that the Heat were, were so cold from three? Like, they were 6 of 28 from three? Of course. Like, this is the inverse of the Raptors game that they just played against the Celtics, where the Celtics made 16 threes and the Raptors made four. Now this game, the Raptors make 20 threes and the, the Heat make six. That alone is going to swing a lot of the game. But at the same time, the ball movement was really strong. And, you know, I I think for at least the first game that you see without Pascal, you saw other guys step up in certain areas, right? You saw that when you needed a guy to to, to be a star and take over, Scotty Barnes was able to take that role before you in the fourth quarter. Granted, it was like a 20-point game, but still, there was momentum for Miami, and and, and Scotty completely killed that. You got to give him full credit for that, you know? When you needed to see, um, you know, a more balanced approach offensively to sort of see everyone carry the load, you continue to see RJ stepping up and scoring at an efficient rate. You continue to see quickly, who I thought was awesome tonight here. Didn't even talk about him too much. With 17 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. Really complete effort. Some beautiful passes. I thought he really set the tone for the Raptors with the playmaking to start the game. Not only with the two threes, which was great, but the passing and, and, and stuff like that. He was awesome on point. You know, those two guys, and of course, Gary stepping up in this way is huge. If he could do this on a more consistent basis, then, you know, more power to him. He might, I think there might be a path for him to potentially stay here long term if, if that's the case, right? If there's a starting spot, the Raptors have a lot of money now cleared off their books. You know, maybe they just decide to give Gary some of that money and continue to keep this rolling. The thing with Gary that's so funny, too, is just it, as long as he starts, he gets more productive. And I think if you asked him about it, he would tell you along the lines of, well, when you get more of a, t- ch- a chance to settle into the game, to, to find your rhythm, to be able to make mistakes. And, and obviously, I think the more important thing is to be able to play with the best playmakers in the game for the Raptors um, to be set up for the threes like he was tonight. 
that's when you start to really um, see success for Gary. And at least if that's if that's a formula that he needs, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing more of him starting just because of the fact that it's like, yo, you know, he's giving you very little off the bench. But when he starts, he actually gives you a lot. You might have to compromise a little bit and see opportunities for him to start. But ultimately, you know, he gave you a great performance, you know. Yeah. And. It just the pace of play was really fast, too. I feel like, you know, without Pascal, they can play a little bit faster. Of course, Pascal can be the outlet option on fast breaks. Um, and this is not saying after one game that the Raptors are better or what. Like, that's ridiculous to say. But I do mean that, like, stylistically, they can play a little bit faster. They don't need to find them in the post as much. Um, you know, and, and that's it. Of course, there are other areas that you're going to really drop and, and, and lose. But um, I, I guess that's water on the bridge now because he is gone to Indiana and at least what remains of the Raptors and who knows, maybe we'll see more and more trades. I think once they move in this direction, uh, I don't necessarily think the Raptors are wanting to tank considering they don't have their pick, but can you keep, you know, showing that these long-term pieces, A, that they fit and that B, that they can produce and lead to some form of winning? Because obviously they're not winning no championship. They're not even maybe even making the playoffs this year. Probably not. Uh, but I, I do think that like, you want to see positive things from their young core going forward. Because as soon as next season, you want to see a more competitive version of the squad, especially now that they've got all these extra picks. So you can pick up a few prospects uh, with those uh, in hand. But yeah, I mean, this is good. This is good. This is good. But I mean, you'll you'll see. Who knows? Maybe there'll be more trades. Uh, You know, Gary could be part of those. You know, he's, he's, he's a guy who is expiring and the Raptors weren't able to well, actually, I don't even know, to be honest. Is that extension coming or not? It was kind of reported, but it also just kind of went away. Um, you know, you also have Dennis. What's his future with the team, especially now that the Raptors are moving in this direction? Uh, what is the future of, you know, a veteran like, you know, Yaka Pertle? Could you consider moving him as well? Those are other questions that you probably need to now ask yourself, considering the fact that the Raptors have moved their two most wanted and most tradable pieces uh, you do wonder if they're going to keep going in this direction but ultimately um this is a really really nice just performance overall and you put it aside from all the context it's just really nice to see them play in this unselfish way to guard really aggressively uh and to most importantly knock down a bunch of threes it's it's just uh it feels a lot better than when they shoot four 32 for sure so to uh conclude the podcast because i've already done a lot of show Today, if you obviously want to hear some Pascal Siakam, um, you know, just live reaction, hear from his agent, uh, Todd Ramasar, who joined us on the program, hear from two of the, you know, leading national writers in the entire game in Sam Amick and Mark Stein. If you want to hear from Michael Grange, who consistently gives you the best insight uh, reporting-wise around the Raptors in terms of scoops and all that kind of stuff, you know, he joined us on the show. Matt Devlin joined us on the show to, you know, uh, literally live react to the trade. And, of course, you know, me and Blake were there as well. Just check out the the podcast from earlier today. I think I covered a lot of that. But, uh, anyway, there's a live event happening here tonight. So, let's just wrap up. Your three stars for tonight's performance. First star is going to go to Scotty Barnes. 20 points, five rebounds, eight assists, two steals, a block. 9-16. Did everything you wanted to in the fourth quarter. That was beautiful. Your second star is Gary Trent Jr., 28 points, 10 of 13 shooting, 8 of 9 from 3. Uh, and then your third star, I'm going to give it to Quickly. RJ has a good case for this too, but Quickly, 17 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. 
Uh, you could pick between either one of those guys. They were great. But lots to pick from from the Raptors tonight. Your Gerald Henderson Award winner. Um, that's honestly, like, it's hard a big one. There's not a lot of good performances from the Heat. So you know what? I'm going to pick Kyle Lowry as the Gerald Henderson Award winner. Just to, uh, just to tribute him. Number one, Raptor for life. He missed a whole bunch of threes to really help the Raptors get out of a bind. I thought he had a lot of open threes. I could have changed the momentum. He missed them. So I appreciate you, Kyle. But it's also just love, like seeing him come back and, and hug everybody. You know, it's not even hugging players no more. He's like put his arm around Darko and walking off and he's hugging like, you know, Alex McKechnie. And he's he's going over to dap up Matt Devlin and Alvin Williams. And he's going over and, and, and uh, you know, hugging Jama Mahalela. Like, it's weird. Like the fact that Kyle Lowry has only been teammates with two of the current Raptors on the squad right now or three of the Raptors uh, players on the squad right now. It's just freaky to me to think about mentally. Like he's played with Gary which I, I think he only played maybe one game with Gary, considering the fact that Kyle basically rested the entire second half of the trade deadline. But he's he's played with Gary, however briefly, he's played with Chris Boucher, and he's played with Jakob Pertl. Everybody else is already gone from the team since Kyle was here. It's just been a remarkable transformation, but still, time does move on. The Raptors are in this new era. And at least for one game, they were really, really nice. So thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll talk more tomorrow.